Now it's time for Youper Wisdom. My name is Kim Key. I have been in the healing arts for 40 years. If you happen upon this, know that it's meant to be. In this episode, we are talking about how to still the mind and stir the soul. Let's get into it. Let's uh, talk about the stillness of the mind. I think in order to talk about the stillness of the mind, we need to talk about what that conceptual thinking, that mind is, so that we can understand that we are, it's a part of our ourselves, and it's a gift that humans have, but it also can be a curse that humans have if we just live in our thinking. And it feels like many times now uh, we get kind of lost in thought. And so as I learned and studied, I realized that Every single thought we think has a vibration and a resonance, and it goes out there. And because we have a time-delayed reality in our human world, not every single thought that we have manifests itself, thank goodness. So, But thoughts are very real. They are a brain chemistry, energetic, uh, vibrational, electromagnetic, Uh, energy that goes out from us into the atmosphere. And I came to realize that I have all these thoughts and some of them matter and some of them don't. And some of them are repetitive and some of them are hideous and some of them are enlightening. And so there's this whole world of thought that we live in as humans and that the rest of the planet that isn't human doesn't have that way of being. They don't have that consciousness because nature uh, does not have a past or present thought pattern in their consciousness. They are just being who they're being. You know, the flower doesn't say, oh, I don't like the rain. Oh, I do like the rain. Oh, the rain is stupid. Oh, the rain is great. Oh, the rain, I need the rain. You know, it just allows the rain to come. So I wanted to understand that and so have been trying to understand that for all my life. It's really interesting because you can get lost in your thoughts. You know, thoughts, fear can overtake your thoughts. It's like, obstacle. It's like an obstacle. Um, And your thoughts can really just stop you from doing things. So you're right with the, with nature out there is, you know, they're just living present. They're living their life. I mean, I'm sure there's fear. (laughs) I'm sure there's fear uh, with, uh, you know, the predators and everything like that. But what do you think it is that that could help somebody is specifically when um, their thoughts kind of t- 
take over and they get in this kind of negative rut with their thoughts? Like what's something to help with that in your experience? Well, I think the very first thing is to realize that you're having those thoughts, that we are not our thoughts. We are more than our thoughts and that we have uh, the ability to control those thoughts. And that's the whole world of meditation and stillness and, um, you know, running or biking or, uh, you know, yoga or uh, anything like that. What we're trying to do is to, to come to a calmer place within our own brains so that we're not shooting all these thoughts and making up these stories. So, you know, as a, as a therapist, I hear a lot of stories and those stories are mm, the stories of our life, the stories that we make up. Some of them are real, some of them aren't. And so the first, very first thing that, that we can do is realize that we're not our story, that we might be making up stories, that we're not our past, the past is gone, and we're not our future that's not even here yet. What we are is right here, right now. And where is our mind? Where is my mind right here, right now? And to be able to separate ourselves from that thinking, that conceptual thinking is the first key to understanding and coming to a place where, you know, these thoughts, they're maybe not doing me so much good right now. So to actually separate yourself from your mental uh, programming, it's like walking away from the computer, you know, the com- walking away from the computer that's going blah, 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 and saying the same thing over and over and over and over and over, and then you just walk away from it because you just can't deal with it anymore. I mean, <laughs> that's kind of a, a good example. You just have to realize we are not our mind. We are uh, much more than that. And we are not our thoughts, even though our thoughts are a part of us. Does that make sense? Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. But what about the people that are, let's just say somebody's in kind of a deep depression, right? Where they're, they just can't think of, you know, the good things in life. They're just focusing on everything that sucks and they just can't get out of the funk. Like what mm-hmm. What would advice would you give them in that situation? Because is it as easy as saying, stop with the thoughts? Or do you have to go further mm-hmm. into helping yourself? And what do you have to do? Mm-hmm. Definitely further. And for many of us, including me, we go to a place uh, where there isn't thought. Like, like we go into nature. We, we, we might, uh, pet our dog or our cat. We might, uh, sit outside on the ground or sit by a tree. So when we're lost in our own pain or even in our own joy, and it's too much, then we need to kind of rely and have resources where we go outside of ourselves into into other realms, you know, and that might be 
watching a movie and me and eating popcorn. And it might be, you know, going into the woods and smelling the smells, something simple. It's the yama yama. It's the, it's that constant play of, of energy that isn't, isn't doing us any good or might be doing us good. I mean, you know, the mind does wonderful, brilliant things too, but it's important to realize that we're not that. And that if we're having a hard time, we can physically remove ourselves into nature so that that energy brings itself into us. So we start to feel more connected in our hearts versus in our heads. And so, you know, sometimes you get stuck or frozen And if we can realize, oh my gosh, I'm stuck or frozen, I need to take some action to make myself feel better, even little tiny steps. How am I going to feel better? Well, maybe I'll take a shower and you let that water, you know, flood onto you and you cleanse yourself. That's when you're in the moment. That's when you're using nature, water, to help you clear yourself. Or I need to go and go barefoot for five minutes and just walk around outside. And what happens with that, which is the gift of the natural world that we live in, our world that we live in, is that it makes you kind of get a different perspective. You drop into a different place where you are more connected with the whole of you instead of just your thought patterns, your old thought patterns that you know, aren't serving. What can serve you best? And sometimes, you know, like if you're having a hard time, a friend will say, come on, let's go out and, you know, go dancing or let's go to church or let's go for a walk. Those are the things that can pull us out of our own heads and have us experience our bodies in different ways. You know, there's a lot of people that, that are, that need physical activity in order to feel really good. You know, if you're feeling bad, then you ride your bike and you feel your body movement or you take a run and you feel that movement. So there's so many different ways that we, that we have so many different tools available. One of the biggest ones though, is connecting with, with nature because nature is a calming presence that doesn't have a mindset. And so it makes us go there. It makes us uh, connect in a different way with ourselves and opens up our heart and calms our head. It almost sounds like a reset, you know, like you need to reset your mind. Um, And like you said, with nature, it's very calming and it doesn't have a mindset. So I absolutely love that. Actually, it's funny because recently I was on a project and, you know, working, working, working. And at nighttime, me and a couple friends decided, I said, Hey, you know what? Let's go, let's go calm our minds and meditate and just go outside. So I said, everybody take off your shoes take off your shoes. Well, not perfect. It's two of us, right? And let's get our feet in the lawn. And so we were standing in the front yard, 
our feet in the lawn and we did mountain pose. I love mountain mm. pose for all of you out there. It's a great grounding pose. Um, you're basically just standing with your palms facing open. Uh, you can do the mudras too if you want to connect even further. Um, and I, I just started this, you know, little meditation of, uh, you know, feeling gratitude and, and taking out, breathing out all the anxiety, standing there and just listening to what was around us in nature and did it for maybe three minutes, maybe five, um, and opened our eyes and, and, uh, the people that were with me that were like, Oh, love that. So we started doing that like every, every night. And it just, it was just like you mentioned, it was, it was a, it was a reset. We reset our mind and we were super anxious about things. But then after that, we knew everything was going to fall into place. And I also just think when you put positive thoughts out there, the positive energy, I think that really has a lot to do with things because when you're thinking negatively or if you're anxious and you're scared, I feel like that puts you in a mindset of mm-hmm. things that are going to happen to you. Negative things are going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so thoughts on that. So, you know, what you what you focus on is what expands. I mean, that's physics 101. What we focus on expands. And if everybody really knew that, we would be a little bit more disciplined with our thoughts. And in many cultures in this world, they have learned to discipline their thoughts. And I think we've talked about this where in our culture, in this country, uh, many of us have never learned how to discipline our thoughts. And so if you have you know, positive thoughts, they're a lot stronger than negative thoughts. You know, what, what did I hear? Uh, One person that is in their positive thoughts, it has greater energy than many, many people that have negative thoughts. So even if you have negative thoughts, not to be afraid of that, just to let them go and shift or pivot to a more positive place, your life can change from that. And if you link your thoughts with your feelings, that's when things manifest in your life very quickly. If you link negative thoughts with negative feelings, it's stronger. And if you link positive thoughts with positive feelings, it's stronger. If you have two or more gathered in positive thinking, it's very, very potent. And so it's just a matter of knowing that we are in charge. We're the only thing that we can ever, ever control. And there are a lot of us that are control freaks out there right now. We're trying to control the environments. We're trying to control everything outside of ourselves. I'm going to make myself feel better by cleaning this house so clean that I can't even see one desk back. You know, there's that OCD element to our culture sometimes. And what that is, is that's a control, not feeling safe, wanting control of outside circumstances. Well, we never, ever, ever have control of outside circumstances. All we have control over is our own thoughts, our own feelings, our own beliefs, and our own 
attitudes and our own expectations. So that's the elixir that we need to think about. What am I thinking? What am I feeling? Is that serving me? And you know, just the other day, I heard this great thing. Am I doubling up, which means positive, or am I doubling down, which is negative? So when you have some thoughts and feelings that you become aware of, does this feel good? No, I'm doubling down. Does this feel good, this thought and this feeling? Yes, I'm doubling up. So that can kind of be a mantra for ourselves throughout the day. Am I taking the high road or am I taking the low road? You know, what do I want to take? And and ultimately, we want to be as connected as we can with our inner being, our highest consciousness that is loving, compassionate toward ourselves, uh, caring about ourselves. And I'm saying ourselves first because we're taught that, you know, if we take the high road, then that means we let everybody do what they do and and we're, you know, we're just kind of uh, going along and we just send them love. I'm, I'm wanting us to realize that we need to direct that stuff to ourselves first. It's a, it's a, a way of being centered in yourself, not self-centered, but centered in self, right? So am I doubling up on myself right now by saying this to somebody or am I doubling down? Am I taking the high road for myself? Does that feel good to me? Or am I taking the low road and, and, and it doesn't feel good at all? So to have that self-awareness, that level of consciousness that we have control of every single thought and feeling that we have and that we can change them. I think that that's the biggest thing, Kelly. You know, we have the ability to change our thoughts and our feelings at any moment. And there are moments when we can naturally do that, like look into a baby's eyes, right? They are nature incarnate and human until the conscious mental capacities start to go at about two, you know, which is why they call them the terrible twos. You look at a baby's eyes and you can just stare at their eyes forever and you, you don't have thought. Really, it kind of, trans, they transcend thought. That's why people love babies. You look at your dogs or your cats you look at their eyes, you look at any eyes of any animal in nature and you see this presence that is actually when you see it in a human, it's kind of unnerving because we're not used to it. You know, they are just right there with themselves, not necessarily with you. You know, you look at a hawk and it's just right there with itself, just totally being who it is without thinking about the past or future. They're just hunting that little mouse. And that's all that matters. And that's presence. That's higher consciousness. That's the beauty of life. And that's where we get the joy is when we are right in the present moment with ourselves, with not spinning off into other places in our brain. Wow. Mm -hmm. that That's big. Mm -hmm. I mean... That's that's really big because I think with some people, it's really hard for them to get over the past. 
mm-hmm. and maybe perhaps why they are always in a negative space, mm-hmm. trauma, what have you. And then for some people, the anxious ones like me, <laughs> always thinking about what's next, the future, the future, that gives an anxious mind and can lead into negative thoughts. But if you're present, you have like present time. What's happening right now? I mean, obviously in life, everything can't come out perfectly. There are going to be negative times and negative things you have to deal with. But I think what you're saying is you can allow your mind to think positively even in negative times, right? Right. And and allow your mind not to even think. Ooh. Right. So yeah, stillness. The the stillness, the the acceptance, the beauty of what is the gift here? What is the gift here? What is the gift here? Okay, so something comes and and our 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 human way is to knee jerk and react and resist. So we knee jerk, react and resist. So instead of doing that, you know, you just think, hmm, I want to say this. Would that be smart? No. I want to resist and be, you know, knee jerk. I want to be mad or I want to be happy or whatever. No, that's not who I am either. (laughs) Uh, My mind is going all over the place with this. So what? What does my gut say? What does my heart say? Why do I even have to say anything to myself? (laughs) Why can't I just allow this situation to be, breathe into it, know that I'm being guided by my inner being, by my soul, by my spirit, and it will come to resolution. You know, all those sayings that our grandmas used to say, this too shall pass, you know, or be mindful, or, uh, you, you know, you're losing your mind. If somebody says that to me, I say, thank you. I'm losing my mind. I don't really want my mind. That's awesome. I don't want my mind to be that is a new. That is definitely a new way to think of I'm losing my mind. Yeah, I'm losing my mind so I can be still. Exactly. And the stillness is the connection with our soul and spirit and our higher consciousness. The, you know, that's the baby in us. That's nature. That's the tree that just accepts what's going on. That is the water that does its movement without uh, any anything other than being itself. You know, that is... Uh, the earth that just finds the balance, finds the balance over and over and over, no matter what we do, it finds its balance. And so we want to continue to find our own natural balance and be aware of the imbalance with too much of the conceptual thinking mind, you know, and, and I mean, I think it's a key to our happiness, you know, or even just our contentment is just realizing we don't have to think. Yeah. And you know what keeps coming to my mind when we're talking about this is meditation and especially in yoga where there's the shavasana. 
um, where you are just still just be, you know, Mm -hmm. and that when you're where, when you're in the Shavasana where it's, you're almost asleep, but you're not and your mind's still, and but then some of the greatest things just like pop into your head. Right. Um, that's what is coming to mind. <laughs> I keep saying mind. That's what's coming to mind, no pun intended, when like with this whole talk of being still. That's, that's why meditation is so good for you as well because you are, your mind is being still. You're, you're not thinking. Exactly. Um, Yes. Yeah. So I and think those a- are some good ways for people out there to kind of connect with, with this as well. Of like, that's why you do meditations. That's why at the end of yoga, there's a Shavasana and stuff like that, because you do need to help make your mind just stop thinking. <laughs> right. The reset button, the reset. And there's so many different ways to meditate. When the mind is um, on the back burner and is still, that's a meditation. So you can be walking, you can be eating, you can be doing dishes and getting meditation and being present, you can be taking a shower, you can be uh, knitting, lots of women, you can be rocking the baby, you can be exercising, you can be driving. There's different awarenesses that come when your mind is in a a more still place. And, you know, it's kind of funny because I always have this question, why is the human life so repetitive? Like, how many dishes do I have to do in my lifetime? How much laundry? You know, dishes and and laundry. You know, and what what is that about? What's that really about on a spiritual level? Because it never ends. It never ends. Right. And then, so then the question is, why have we created that as humans with this repetitive uh, thing, right? You know, we repeat things over and over, whether it's our work or our daily life. And I'm thinking that that repetition helps us still our minds because we have that routine right? We don't have to think about it. So we just kind of go into the zone. And that's when good ideas and amazing things can pop in to direct us from our higher consciousness. Like if you, if I'm clouded with my own thought, you know, it's almost like I do have clouds around my head. And how can clarity come? How can uh, insight uh, or intuition or even uh, thoughts about uh, things come in if I'm just in my little gerbil wheel spinning around and in my own little head and I, I, there's nothing else that can come in to to spark anything new. So I have to get out of that in order to move my life, you know, and sometimes those routine things that are meditations can really help. I absolutely love how you just put that out there of you don't have to just sit down or laying down. No, you can meditate doing things that, you know, are are a part of your existence. Um, and two that popped into my mind is uh, that really when ideas come in, when I take a bath and then 
airplanes. Like when I'm on a flight, I just, I, it's, it's amazing to me. And it makes sense because you are just sitting there. We meditate with maybe even not realizing it, you know, especially some, some things that women do like cooking, you know, Mm -hmm. sometimes if people, if women are like frustrated or, you know, they just, they got too much going on. They're like, I just want to cook some you know, a food. lot of people say cooking's therapeutic. It is. And why is that? It's because you're focused on a creative act mm-hmm. and you're not in your head, right? So cooking or gardening, like I just want to go out in the garden. I just I just need mm-hmm. to pick some weeds or I, I, I want to, um, you know, I just want to like straighten things up or rake leaves or mow the lawn. Why is that that people love to do that stuff? Well, I believe that we love it because we are more present. So things that we love in our life, if we really look deep with that, it's because we're more present. We're not thinking about our future and past. We are not, uh, we are just enjoying a creative act when, when, when we do, uh, when we write, when writers write, when we journal when we do art, um, you know, all of those more uh, right brain tasks um, can really stimulate our, the rest of the cells in our body instead of just the thinking cells. And, and then the blend of the thinking and the feeling and the being present, like if you can mix all those together, like when you're cooking and you're enjoying the process of it, not the necessarily the finished thing. And so much of, of my life, you know, before I learned this stuff, I always was, was pre-planning, pre-planning. And so I would be thinking about the next thing while I was doing what I was doing. And, and that's a catch that many of us have. And what I've learned is that you take the joy out of the present moment when you're thinking about the next thing to do, you're not there. For sure. You're, you're split energy. You got split energy. And so the whole idea of the, the satisfying life, like really embracing this satisfying life is to bring that split energy within us and make it really whole. Like I am really working on right now, Kelly, deeply matching what I do externally with what I do internally. And so to align myself in my brain, in my physical actions, at like merge myself. I'm merging myself into a whole pattern where my mind isn't split all into shattered pieces because that's what causes us anxiety. You know, the anxiousness is the shatteredness of the human mind. And that's why nothing in nature is really ever anxious. They're always present, even though they might be in danger, they're just present with that. They're not thinking, oh, that bear's going to come tomorrow and, you know, eat me. They're just in that moment doing what they do in order to survive. But then they let it go, you know? I mean, a deer can run from a coyote, you know, for 10 minutes. And then once that coyote is gone, that deer just drops right into the, that moment. 
So they live, you know, everything in nature lives moment to moment to moment. And we tend to live moments from our past and moments from our future that aren't, don't have really anything to do with this moment. And another big practice that I want to mention that I feel like all of us could do is when someone is talking to actually listen and not have our own thoughts. It's really good practice. It's uh, really good practice because it happens all the time. And just be blank and allow them to talk without thinking about what you're going to say or how you're going to feel or what you're feeling. Just allow that to unfold. And that is a really, really good daily practice to do. That's a meditation in itself, you know. Yeah, that's that's great advice. Definitely great advice. And also the um correlation that you have with nature. I mean, there's there's just so much you can learn um yeah. about nature and be grateful for it and and let it teach us, I guess, yes. you know, be yes. humble enough to let us let it teach us how to be. Um because I think sometimes we think we're better than nature and, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and so uh, it's like a second thought. Oh yeah, you know. Mm -hmm. But no, it's Th not. They're the teachers. The babies, the animals, our earth are our teachers, and the human mind has thought that it's better than all that, and we're in big trouble from that. <laughs> and so the human mind has to step aside a little bit so that we can. Uh, be humble enough to learn what the what the laws of the universe are and and what the truth really is, you know, and be grateful and thankful for our life just by being, just by being, just being able to be here and not getting addicted to the thought patterns that, that scurry us around to drop really deep into the joy of just having a human experience, having a, a life experience and being surrounded all the time by all this abundance and all this grace. Yeah. So, yeah. Great insight to life as always. Thank you. I think that's all we have today, right? Yes. This feels like it's complete. I always learn so much from you. Thank and, you. Um, and excited for the next conversation we have. Sounds great, Kelly. Thank you. And thank you, all you beautiful listeners. Just remember to, you know, get out of your head. <laughs> Be and still. Still the mind and stir the soul. <laughs>